Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's begin now. It's Saturday. It's gorgeous. It's Kansas City. It's live and local. This is Dusty Likens. With me is Nick Price. What's up? This show is out of bounds. It's fitting because I have no idea where in the hell this show is going to go. It scares the hell out of me. It sure does. Um, If our voices sound familiar, it's because we do a Game of Thrones show that I know you're all up for at 5 a.m. Everybody's setting their alarms for that one. (laughs) That's right. Um, But no, big weekend in Kansas City. Some for good news, some for not so good news as we'll dive into that. Coming up at 1230, we'll be joined by Yahoo Sports uh, senior writer, NFL writer Therese Paler. Always fun uh, catching Pete up. Sweeney at 1230. I'm Therese sorry. Therese at 1.30. Therese at 1.30. Pete Sweeney at 1230. Sorry, Pete. Still love you. Still sexy. I think a lot of people are sexy in this town. But uh, we keep the tradition alive with live and local. You have the NFL draft this weekend. The Chiefs have made some splashes. Um... But obviously, there's a bigger splash that uh, that kind of takes over the weekend that we got to dive into just because it is Saturday. We haven't done a show throughout the week. You've listened to great interviews throughout the week on 610 Sports Radio, showing Werner in Nashville. CDOT, Sean Levine, the sports machine, and Brandon Kiley, they all had the KCTV5 young lady that uh, broke the audio of Tyree Kill, which set this city on fire. Um, there's a few of you that don't quite get it. I understand that. You're a fan. You want to see this team succeed, but sometimes the biggest ticket in town has to be revoked. And Tyree Kill is one of those tickets. So without further ado, I'm going to tackle this uh, topic as best I can as I've had several days to digest it, kind of throw it down, take it as however I want to take it. And for me, it's very simple. For Tyree Kill, the peace sign has never been more ironic. From a man who found beauty in burning defenders, throwing up a peace sign, letting them all know that he was gone, and getting ready to score. And now the entire city of Kansas City, well, most of the entire city of Kansas City, is giving Tyreek Hill that same exact peace sign. Absolutely. Yeah. And many reasons for that. One is, keep your hands to your damn self. I don't quite get it. The Chiefs drafted him knowing his background, knowing what was a possibility, not knowing that it would ever happen again, which is the unfortunate side of things is you cannot predict the future. You cannot tell what's going to happen, but you've always got to be on a rocky road. I was here when the Chiefs drafted Tyreek Hill. In fact, my one job in that draft was when they drafted him was to answer the phones and string callers. At that moment, the entire city was done. A lot of people were fed up. They didn't understand why the draft pick was made. They tried to patch that draft pick up with this guy has incredible speed. He had an incident. He's trying to get better. He's trying to redo his life. And at the time, it was really 50-50. There was really no other option other than, I don't like this guy because of what he did. The woman that he assaulted was pregnant with child. He got kicked off of a college team. Yet he gets drafted by an NFL team. 
Fast forward a little bit longer. Tyree Kill then plays against the Oakland Raiders. And I'm sure you still remember it if you're a diehard Chiefs fan out there in Kansas City. And Marquette King punts the ball to Tyree Kill. His mouthpiece falls out and he chucks the peace sign. But that's not the important part of that. The important part of that is that there are 80,000 people at Arrowhead chanting Tyreek, 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 as if just a little bit of success patched up everything. Oh, yeah. He had won over the city big time. And to be fair, we all were drunk on Tyreek Hill. I mean, we we, were... we've talked about it before on our show Up and Adam over on 1660 nice that we used to have. Uh, I plug in a show that's not on anymore. But yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, we've talked about it before about how it seemed like he had really turned the corner and turned his life around and had been a very good part of this community and just, like, turned out to be an all-around good dude. And I think that's one of the biggest shocks that this whole story brings to us is that Chiefs fans had had their reservations about Tyree Kill to start out, and then they accepted him, believed that he had changed, and then this comes out, and, you know, it's just it's tough to deal with. And as we keep doing with Tyree Kill, as we keep fast-forwarding through the story that is such a short and quick story, as now the criminal case has been reopened because we've all heard the audio. We've all heard the audio that the child fears his father, that the fiancé has sent the audio of their conversation to a friend as insurance and basically to protect herself. One of her friends couldn't quite hold that on that much longer, so she then sent it in. It got publicized, and here we are. And from the text line from the 816, well, Kansas City's showing him a finger. It may not be two, but there's definitely one. The same one that Jay Binkley, who you'll hear on Sundays from 10 to noon this week, uh, gives me every day. But that one's in fun. This one's in more seriousness. And when it comes to the Chiefs and Tyree Kill, it kind of makes you wonder. Because the whole narrative around Tyree Kill in the last couple seasons was he's gotten better, he's changed his life, he's done what he's been asked, he stayed out of it. But of course, unfortunately, we are victims of comfortability. Well, he hasn't done anything yet. I mean, it's only, it, I mean, he's only been on this team for three years. This would have been his fourth year with the Chiefs, and he's already, we can, I think, safely say it, he's gone. Absolutely. He won't be here. No. And for those of you that are wondering, to keep this story going, for those of you that are wondering, why have the Chiefs not cut Tyreek Hill yet? I can't give you a confirmative answer, but I can give you a damn good reason why they have it. And I've got two reasons. One is there might be some things in contracts and with some lawyers and some different cases that we don't know about that they have to handle it a certain way. They have to compile facts. They have to get everything that they can so that when they do file this, it is without 100% not able to look back and say you missed something, there's a loophole, this is why you're gone, this is why you're not playing. Right. I know that uh, a lot of people have been pointing it out, too, that the commissioner's exempt list is a big part of that, and it gets them out of a lot of things in that contract. Correct. With the NFL draft going on, I mean, Roger Goodell's not really going to have time to take care of that right now, so I would assume that something would happen after the draft is over. Correct. You mentioned the draft. That's another reason why I don't believe Tyreek Hill's been cut yet. If I had to gamble and there was a way to pick a over-under or a select time when Tyreek Hill does eventually get released, I believe it'll be Sunday right around 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. Basically what that means is I believe that the Tyreek Hill 
ejection from Kansas City will be after this draft is complete. Because the last thing that you want to do is ruin a time period for these kids who have been brought up as football players and drafted by the NFL. That's just an assumption. I'm being a skeptical uh, radio host right now. I feel like, one, Roger Goodell has been busy as hell this weekend. We know that Pete Sweeney and Therese Paler have, as they'll join the show later on this in this uh, in this show. But I think once the draft concludes, all the picks are in, then Goodell's first movement is going straight to the Tyree Kill incident and figuring out, okay, so this criminal case is reopened. In fact, on the leadoff with Brandon Kiley, he had pro football focus Mike uh, follow, and he said there's a chance that Tyree Kill may never play for any NFL team, that he could be suspended by the NFL. I think that's very, very accurate. I trust that man's word. I trust his credentials. There's a really big chance. But there's a chance that Tyree Kill may never play in the NFL again. And again, I don't know where you rank violence when it comes to violence that Tyree Kill has committed. There's no tolerance for it. Whether it be a female, whether it be a child, whether it be another male, whatever it is. Tyree Kill is done. We all know that. We're just ready for the closure of it being officially announced. Now, I get it. There are still some fans out there that think, well, well, let's hear all the sides of it. Like a bad baseball pitch, I'll spit on that and let that go because you just don't quite get it. Yeah, I've heard all that I need to hear at this point. Correct. You should fear me too. That's enough for me to hear. Yeah. Your son is afraid of you. That's enough for me to hear. It's enough for me to hear to know that things haven't changed. The other thing about it is I have friends that have children that are around the same age. I have bosses at my other job that have children around the same age. One common narrative that I can just just really deliver to you is the fact that three-year-olds don't lie about stuff like this. They might lie when you ask, did you bring that toy out in the middle of the room? I didn't do it. Well, who else did? Kids at three years old aren't going to lie to their mother and say, I'm afraid of dad. That's just not something that you hear from a three-year-old. That's not a lie that a three-year-old is going to say. That's just not what happens. And when it comes to Tyree Kill, if you need even more closure, which we will dive into coming up, the Chiefs essentially drafted his replacement last night mm -hmm. with their first pick of the second round. Traded up, too. It was very much so, because they saw receivers were starting to go. They thought they might have to get their guy. And what kind of guy did they get? They got McCole Hardman. They got a guy who is a return and punt return specialist. And according to Dave Tope, who is a prime candidate for a head coaching job at one point that we hear every year, says he was the best at that in the draft. And Dave Tope is one of the best special team coaches in the entire NFL. Now, he's one of 32. But a lot of people think that his next job is a head coaching job very similar to John Harbaugh, who is, oh, by the way, a Super Bowl winning coach. And when you draft Hardman, a guy who can run, a guy who can catch, and a guy who can return. That sounds a lot like Tyree Kill, and it sounds like the Chiefs, even though they haven't announced it yet because he isn't on the commissioner's exempt list, which I believe will follow, the Chiefs are done, and they used their first pick in the 2019 draft to draft his replacement and essentially giving back that, what I said to start this segment, the ironicness of peace, you're done. And like the text line has said, well, it may not be two fingers, but it may be one. However you want to throw irony towards Tyreek Hill, I'm fine with. But the guy is out of Kansas City for sure. I would 100% back that. 
He's no longer a part of this team. He's been suspended from all team activities. And Roger Goodell is probably very close to suspending him from the NFL for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah, and you brought it up earlier too, but a big part of this is the Chiefs, I mean, I would imagine want to give these kids that they're drafting their day, their time in the spotlight. Right. And that's why they haven't overshadowed it because if they came out and did something about the Tyree Kill situation this weekend, then that would be all that we're talking about. These kids would get no love and everything, and they've been working really hard for this moment. Speaking of kids that have worked really hard for this moment, there's three drafted last night by the tweet by the Chiefs. We've already picked one up and told you about them. There's two more, and one of them might be a little brother, and the other one might already have his nickname. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Breaking news out of Kansas City Chiefs organization. Not that news that you might want yet, but... 2019-20 season, the Hall of Fame inductee will be none other than Brian Waters. Very deserving. Yeah. Good dude. Oh, yeah. Even though he played for the Patriots. Not his fault. Kind of. Well, I won't hold it against him. And he could have just, like, not played. Which Turned I w- down millions of dollars. Okay. I'm sure you would do the same. No. I wouldn't. If I could go mimic Tom Brady throwing a ball with a glove like Phil Mickelson was on the golf course. That, uh, he was zipping it around. Dude, Phil's like a low-key, like, sandbagger athlete. Oh, yeah. He's but, one of those guys that, like, when you're playing catch with him, he just tells you to go long, and he tells you to keep going long until you can't throw the ball back and need a cutoff man or something. Yeah, he was throwing, like, some darts, like, right away. Like, From, was, like, 15 feet away. Yeah, and then say a nice catch. Like, lay off the smoke, Phil. That's Phil Mickelson for you right there. Yeah, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. That's who Phil Mickelson is. He looks identical to Sweeney Todd, the guy that's a barber and kills people and turns them into pies. Yeah. That's who Phil Mickelson is. Also, um, if you like Phil Mickelson and meat pies, um, show and Vern, 10 to 2. It's the best way I could tease that with uh, Ron Hughley, Steven Serta, and Joshua Vernier. We will actually tap in on those guys a little bit later today to see what they're doing in Nashville. Should be interesting as Josh Vernier uh, had a, Pretty funny tweet that Steve Serta had towards a Uber driver last night to tease that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Pete Sweeney coming up in about 11 minutes here on Out of Bounds with myself and Nick Price on Saturday as we were live and local. But the Chiefs had a draft last night. And uh, with their first pick in the second round, uh, they took uh, they took Mr. Hardman. And this was the post-draft comments to him. Hey, this is Brett Veach from the Kansas City Chiefs. How you doing? Hey, we're doing we're doing fantastic, man, and uh, we're on the clock. I don't know if you noticed we traded up, but uh, we're about to select, man. And uh, I tell you what, our draft team is really excited to bring you here. You're going to love playing for Coach Reed. We're going we're gonna to wear you out, man. Those deep balls, those deep balls, right? Have selected Michael Hardman. Miko Hardman. And nobody is more horny for this pick than Andy Reid. Right, we're going to throw you some deep bombs, baby. Deep balls, baby. We're, we're going to work you here. Like, Reid's already out is saying that he has, like, a note card stack full of what he calls Pat's plays. Like, that's what's so interesting about Andy Reid is that this guy never stops with football. He never sleeps with anything other than a Hawaiian shirt, note cards, and just the, and the vision of Pat Mahomes throwing more than 50 touchdowns every year. Which, by the way, if I gave you $5,000 to spend on an over-under and Pat Mahomes' over-under was 45 touchdowns, would you take the over or the under? 
That's really tough. I still probably take the over. You taking over 45? Probably. That's a sexy pick. Yeah. Text line 69306, Protein House, eat with a purpose. Text line, if Pat Mahomes is over under is 45 touchdowns and you have $5,000 to spend, are you taking the over or the under on 45 touchdowns? From the text line, Tyree Kill gets cut tomorrow at 530. Dusty, I can't read the rest of that text. Price knows we need DK Metcalf. I don't care how we get him. Just get the man. Well, he's in Seattle, and they're not going to give him up because poor Doug Baldwin's probably never going to play football again after that sad tweet last night. Yeah, that was terrible. But back to the draft and the Chiefs. They took Juan Thornhill, who I have already given the nickname of Baby Badger. Uh, like I said before, I really don't I really don't care where I play. I just want to be on the field. Whatever coach wants me to play, I'll, I'll be willing to play cornerback, safety, nickel. It really doesn't matter. So with me, I just, I just want to obviously step on the field and look for opportunity to help the team win. He's a beast, man. He already said, he goes, you want to put me at corner? You want to put me at safety? He's obviously got the skill set to stay with a guy in the deep field. He can also move up at safety and just lay the wood. However you want to take that. <laughs> yeah, and also with, uh, with him, that gives another versatile safety or defensive back. They can move things around and not be so predictable like they have been in the past. Right, and as I am a nerd with Game of Thrones, Brandon Kylie is a nerd of football. Like, literally follow Brandon Kylie at yeah. BK Sports, uh, BK Sports Talk. Like, he's got all the pro football focused stats. He's got all these things. And I was talking to him before our show today, and I said, I need to pick your brain. Is there a way that they can scheme a safety corner combo to where the quarterback doesn't know what's coming at him? Which, obviously, he said they could either play two deep cover, two with two safeties, or they could move one guy up and let him kind of be like almost like a mic and kind of move around which is very interesting when you think of what Tyron Matthew has and then obviously now what Juan Thornhill has, who should have the nickname Baby Badger. Start start trending that nickname. Not to mention, this guy's extremely athletic. I mean, right after he was drafted, the first highlight that they showed was actually him dunking a basketball. Which is insane. Yeah, and he gets up there. And if we're going to continue to talk about athleticism, oh, baby, you know how I am about Chris Jones. That's my guy. Chris Jones is my guy. Like, if I could have a best friend that's a celebrity athlete... It'd be Chris Jones. Oh, yeah. We have a lot in common. We both think that we could throw the ball as a quarterback, even though we know we can't. But we'll press that message. And when you talk about athleticism, the guy they drafted third last night, Colin Saunders, he's 300 pounds, can do a backflip, but he's also very similar to my guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm confident that, that I can do anything that's asked of me, especially if it's on a football field. And, um, and then, yeah, like, like you said, you know, I, all my life, kind of just random people or – you know, like if I do a backflip in the park and people see it, it's just like how big they ask, you know, how much I weigh and all that type of stuff. And um, I'll, I'll just always kind of surprise people with that with that um, ability. So, you know, it, it's, it's, but it's, I wouldn't even say it's that flipping or tumbling is an athletic ability of mine. It is. It requires a little bit of athleticism, but it's more so just about uh, reps, you know, just like anything. Once you learn how to do it, you just never forget how to do it. So, um, you know, that's just something that I – Stuck quick when I was real small and I just got bigger. So there you go. So last night in their draft, which we'll elaborate more on with Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride and Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports, you look at the three picks. The first pick, a return specialist slash fast guy that can literally run and get the deep ball that Andy Reid said, I'm going to wear you out, man. I'm going to get you the ball and deep balls, man. I'm gonna th- How's that, Sam? <laughs> yeah. How's, hey, how you doing, man? Like, clearly he's not as aggressive as Andy Reid at that moment. But he's, he's going to be because he's going to be a target 
that is going to be appealing to Patrick Mahomes because clearly Patrick Mahomes can make anybody that much better. Example, Albert Wilson. I don't care if you want to say Denver's defense had checked out in that Week 17 season. Either way. Albert had like Wilson 13 had, catches. Had t- and I thought it was up, 10 for 142. Something like yeah. that, yeah. But he ended up getting paid because Damn. of one game that he played with Mahomes. By the way, he says uh, from the text line, 913, if he has 45 touchdowns, then the defense will be horrible again. And you took the over. Um, then you go on to Juan Thornhill, who's the baby badger, who fits the scheme of this new defense. No more Justin Houston. No more D Ford. No more Eric Berry. There's a new face and new faces of this defense. Not like the new faces that Arya Stark wears in Game of Thrones, but different faces of a new defensive scheme, which you will have guys that will be more aggressive, more athletic, that will actually play defense for the Kansas City Chiefs during the regular season for hopefully 16 weeks. And then you go to Colin Saunders, and Colin Saunders is exactly what this team can use. Like, if you think about what Colin Saunders brings, he brings what? Personality, athleticism, and fun. What does Chris Jones bring? Athleticism, personality, and fun. That's perfect for the type of position that those guys play. They are in the middle of the trenches. They can be bosses. They can be dogs. And they can get back in that backfield and really bring that mean mentality. Like they said, this young man cried when he got drafted, like a lot of them do. He's balling. Because he's proud of his daughter. Yeah. And I believe it was Matt Derrick who asked him the question in the in the press conference after he was selected, how do you make that switch? You can check that out at 610 Sports Radio um, when it comes to the audio. But you listen to what he says, and he's like, you know what? When it comes to playing football, I've got to turn the switch. I've got to know when to do it. That's a guy who has no troublesome background. He's a fun-loving, charismatic kid, and he's going to play for your Kansas City Chiefs. You've replaced a guy who's a complete scumbag in Tyreek Hill with a guy that I won't call Tyreek Hill 2.0, but I'll say he fits a lot of the cash, a lot of the caveats that is Tyreek Hill. Yeah, his draft bio that they put up right after he got picked, right. it's the same exact kind of things they were saying about Tyreek Hill a few years ago. Because if you remember when they drafted Tyreek Hill, he was a return specialist, kick returner type of player. Yeah, just a speedster. He didn't really develop into the receiver that he was until this year when he got a full season with Pat. And then you look at Thornhill, who I will call the baby badger, a corner safety hybrid that can cover slash lay the wood, and he's ready to do it all, and he's ready to be a part of Spagnuolo's defense, which is a 4-3 defense, which is where he can get more aggressive and really bring that smoke. Yeah, and not to mention if Saunders can make an impact on this defensive line right away, then this defensive line is looking very, very dangerous for the rest of the AFC West. Coming up next, it's Pete Sweeney. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds on 610 Sports Radio, live and local. Following us will be Overtime, Chris Unicero, Jillian Carroll, and Julio Sanchez, or Sanchez, which I will go ahead and give them the, uh, that's probably the, uh, that's probably the sexiest sports radio trio there is in the entire city. They definitely stump us, as you and I are both, uh, we're not fortunate enough to have looks. Also, uh, not a trio. That's fair. Uh, Katz was in here earlier. He doesn't really help our cause, but, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Katz, I love you. You got the faces for radio, that's yeah. for sure. That's why we're Game of Thrones nerds. You can hear that show Monday, 5 a.m., leading you right into Fesco in the morning with Fesco, Kling, and Wachowski. Also, some news coming up in the show later on we'll have for you. Uh, Clark Hunt has addressed the media. He has talked. We will have that for you here in a second. Not in a second, because right now we have uh, Pete Sweeney joining us. As Pete Sweeney is the uh, 
Arrowhead Pride Head Hot Show is what I would like to call Pete Sweeney. And Pete Sweeney joins us now. Joined by Pete Sweeney on the show today on Out of Bounds Saturday morning. Pete, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, good to talk to you. I don't think I've talked to you on a show that you've been doing like since the summer. So, so it's good to get back. Warm weather, and now we reunite. That's right. You're a pretty busy man. The last couple hours. That's uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. No. This this is this is one of the busier weekends uh, on the Chiefs beat, uh, given just how many different new guys are in and how how much how much the fans really just crave nonstop content. So yeah, we'll be busy all weekend. So let's dive right into it, Pete Sweeney of. Uh... Arrowhead Pride, what does what does that first pick mean? Obviously, where they fit, where he fits in um, with the whole Tyreek Hill situation going on. Right. So the Chiefs go and, and take this player out of Georgia, wide receiver McCole Hardman. And if you if you look at the player, he's running a four three three forty yard dash. Uh, at the scouting combine and everyone comes out right away and says this guy has blazing speed and, and a kick returner punt returner uh un, un, unreal fast the quick assumption is okay this is your replacement for tyree kill uh done big bang boom plug and play so on and so forth now i think what people need to realize is while that's true and while that he has the traits that tyree killer offers i mean you can't teach that level of speed, what they're really getting, I think, in their own mind, and Chiefs, and based upon everything Brett Beach and Andy Reid and, and what they said Dave Tobe saw, is the best punt returner and kick returner in the draft. Uh, he's a wide receiver, but he isn't really polished at the position yet. So what that makes me feel is that, yes, there are similarities to Tyree Kill, but what you're getting is the 2016 version of Tyree Kill, the rookie version, who wasn't a great wide receiver, who hadn't developed his route tree yet. So I don't, I, I, I think this pick is exciting because he has the potential to, to maybe reach where, where Hill is at, but this isn't going to be your plug-and-play wide receiver. He'll have plays built in like Tyreek did as the year went on in 16, but if you're expecting this guy to come in and be your number one or number two wide receiver, I just don't see that happening. Hey, Pete, Nick Price here. I just wanted to ask you, uh, with the Hardman selection, with the first pick that they had, seemed kind of like Tyree Kill's replacement. We just talked about that. But I want to talk about Juan Thornhill now. He has a lot of similarities to the Honey Badger of where he can kind of move around, play different positions. Do you think that's why they ended up going with him with their second pick? Yeah, I think I think what the Chiefs wanted to do with the acquisition of Matthew was get him back to what he likes to do, and that's, uh, inside the box, really hunting players. I know the word hunting has been, been thrown around uh, when it comes to Matthew. And if you look at the Chiefs roster when it comes to Danny Sorensen and Armani Watts and some of these other safeties like Jordan Lucas, a lot of them kind of seem like they're box guys, whereas this new guy, Juan Thornhill, he offers the versatility to play both inside the box, on the back end. He can play a cornerback on the outside just the versatility to play anywhere. And, and I think where they, the Chiefs really see him is next to the Honey Badger at that safety position. And as a free safety, and Brett Beach used the words last night, this guy uh, has free safety ability and, and ball hawk skills and football instincts. One thing he mentioned last night, Thornhill I'm talking about, is he was a quarterback in high school, and this has offered him the ability to really see the game from the other side of it, and that could help you with interceptions and getting your hands on the ball, so on and so forth. And what I think 
is interesting about Thornhill, and I would say, you know, we just talked about McColl. I would say that Juan Thornhill probably has the best chance to start on day one because I look at that safety room and who are your starters right now. I know people will say Jordan Lucas is in the mix, but Danny Sorensen would probably be your starter. I I think Juan Thornhill out of the gate is going to be able to compete with Dan Sorensen for a starting job. And like I said, if you're looking at any rookie of these three guys, that's the guy I go with who has that potential. Talk with Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Pete, Dusty, back with you. So, Colin Saunders, I think I got that name right. Mm-hmm. He is Chris Jones' little brother? Right. So, we had him on the phone last night, and, and, it, and it did remind me of Chris Jones. He's this big, big player. I think he came in at 324 pounds. But if you go on social media, we put it on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter account. He does backflips. This is a 324-pounder who does backflips. <laughs> I'm just under uh, 200 pounds right now after the Mahomes season and eating pizza every night. And uh, I couldn't sniff a backflip. But this guy is that ac- acrobatic. He's that athletic. And then you get him on the phone, and his personality is just um, beaming. It, it reminds you of Chris Jones. It's, it seems like a guy who likes to have a lot of fun. And what's interesting about that is I think a lot of people look at Chris Jones and he's kind of goofy, uh, fun-loving, likes to joke around, but how is he going to have a mean streak on the field? I mean, last year we saw Chris Jones beating a guy's leg that got him thrown out of the game. I think he has a mean streak and he's able to turn it on. We asked Colin Saunders about that, and he says, you know, at the end of the day, football is what puts food on the table for my baby. They panned to him during the draft. He was holding his baby, really cares about uh, his new baby girl. He missed the senior bowl because – uh, I'm sorry, he missed his daughter's birth because he was at the Senior Bowl. So he really cares about his family. That's what drives him. And, again, he's going to be a great interview for us, media in Kansas City, so we like that. I know you're a busy man, Pete Sweeney, so we'll wrap this thing up with a couple more. So far in this draft, what does this draft so far mean to the Chiefs? And then when you get done with this, i got another one for you that's a little bit more fun. I think what this draft is is a, a turn back to offense, right, because last year – it, the Chiefs went full defense, so you, you knew they needed some kind of piece. Losing Chris Conley in free agency, they don't have Demetrius Harris as your number two. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill? So they needed to address some side, uh, some side of offense. I, I bet we get another pick or two of offense today. Uh, and, and again, I think it's the Chiefs put themselves in a really good position through free agency of shoring up all their needs. So that allowed them to really go best player available. One thing that stuck with me on the night one of the NFL draft is Brett Beach came in here and he said, man, if you would have told us that we were able to get McColl and Juan and Saunders all in the same night, I wouldn't have believed you. So, again, they feel like they got really good value for these players, whereas it didn't necessarily feel like that last year. And last but not least, our boys are in Nashville. Our boys meaning Vern, Ron, and Serta. And uh, one of your uh, one of your really close ones there is Steve Serta, and he's quoted as saying this to an Uber driver last night. They have the face of the NFL, and uh, that's what Steve Serta said to the Uber driver. But quote, they had a subpar draft. What do you want to say to Steve? <laughs> Listen, the thing you got to love about Steve is that guy is going to shoot you straight. And he could be completely 100% wrong, but you got to appreciate that he's, he's willing to be honest. And that's all I have to say about that. By the way, you can catch the Power Hour at 1230 on Thursdays. Nice plug. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, thanks for joining us, and uh, continue to your uh, chaotic day. Yeah, have a good day, boys. Thanks to Pete Sweeney joining us just now. It's 1240, Saturday, live and local with Nick Price and Dusty Likens on the show Out of Bounds. I thought Pete hit a lot of the good things. 
I think you look at it, he says, one that really stuck out to me was that if Brett Veach would have tell you they'd have gotten those three dudes in the first round, he wouldn't have believed you. Those all are guys that when you go to an NFL draft, the first thing you want are impactful players with your early picks. You look at Hardman. He's got a kick and punt return. By the way, receiver depth is pretty shallow here currently. You look at Thornhill. He's going to get in there somewhere. I mean, you mean to tell me that he can't outbeat Dan Sorensen? That's who, that's who his competition is. And last but not least, Colin Saunders. Big personality, 300-plus, athletic, um, backflips, great character, can flip the switch when he wants. Yeah, it's not every year that you see three guys drafted and you immediately know, okay, that fills a role, that fills a role, that fills a role, and you can see all three of them making an immediate impact on a team. I mean, usually you're drafting a lot of projects and people who maybe a couple years down the road, but I mean, I think that the Chiefs did a pretty good job of going out there and filling some of their needs, and Pete was saying it better than that. In every, st- in every story in life, there happens to be a time when somebody goes from babyface to heel. That happened last night. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. That's the kind of music we have. I dig it, though. This is one of my favorite bump back songs. Yeah, there's a couple of them that, like, actually get me moving a little bit, and this is one of them. Yeah. This will get the armpit sweaty. Yeah. You get the hair on the back of your neck to stand up. Speaking of getting the hair on the back of your neck to stand up tonight, Royals in action, 615, 6th Saturday. Cody Tapp pregame starts at 430. That will proceed what they call overtime with Jillian Carroll, Chris Nacero, and Julio Sanchez. The only reason they don't have a picture on their graphic for their show is because they would blow the competition out of the water with their good looks. Mm-hmm. The sexy trio that is overtime precedes us, and it will go right into Royals pregame with Cody Tapp. Um, boy, John Elway knows what he's doing. Oh, it added a lot for sure. Um, it added a whole lot of chips to the shoulder. Um, I think I said it earlier. It's more like a like a full Pringle now, like a full Pringle bottle. There's a lot of chips in it, and it's it's ready to get to work. So I'm gonna be real with everybody here, real quick. Now I know this doesn't affect you, Kansas people, because you probably root for the Jayhawks. My producer, Nick Price, is an alum of Kansas. Yeah. So this doesn't do what it does to me to him. But Drew Locke goes the entire first round without being picked. His Vegas over-under, by the way, was 10 and a half. So you've got to imagine that he and his father, Andy Locke, were sitting there at the end of day one going, holy cow. Like, we had different plans here. And then day two happens. Denver trades back, and Oakland doesn't take a quarterback. Miami is rumored to get Josh Rosen, who they do now have, Josh Rosen. And we're thinking, where in the hell does Drew Locke fit, and where does he fall? This is emotional for me in so many ways. I've followed Drew Locke since he was a junior in high school at Lee Summit. Lee Summit High School is literally six blocks away from my apartment. His father owns a restaurant three blocks from my apartment called Third Street Social. 
Great place. Shrimp and Grits is outstanding. The pork shoulder with the uh, grits and collard greens is amazing. And they've got brunch all day on Sunday. Fantastic place to eat. Maybe not all day. It might stop at a certain time. Local kid from this area. And everybody's fear that followed Mizzou was no way he'll go to Oakland and no way he'll go to to Denver. Maybe the Giants will draft him. And then the the Giants took the guy to steal it from a, a meme I saw on Facebook. The Giants drafted a guy who would play Eli in a Peyton Manning biofilm. Or as CDOT said, he's the Kirkland version at Costco that you'd get of Eli Manning. I don't understand that move. But good thing that Drew Locke didn't go to New York because David Gettleman is a clown. I think everybody knows that now. If you don't know anything about David Gettleman, then just go look at Steve Serta, at Steven Serta's Twitter handle. He's full of David Gettleman content. And then last night, I'm sitting in the press box, sitting next to Cody Taft for the Royals game because Mike Trout's in town, and Mike Trout is... He's in the Horny Hall of Fame of one Dusty Likens. He's in there with Bryce Harper, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Cal Ripken Jr., Ken Griffey Jr. There's, uh, I guess, a lot of people in there that I think about it. And Drew Locke goes to Denver. And John Elway, slowly but surely, got us all. John Elway, who just can't seem to quite figure it out with quarterbacks, waits and waits and waits and finally gets it that he knows that he can take Drew Locke at quarterback. So this kind of stings for the local for the local fans that followed Mizzou. Arguably the best quarterback that ever came from Mizzou. I know people will say James Franklin or Chase Daniel. But Drew Locke was a stud. Set the SEC record in his junior year with most touchdowns thrown. He's got all the qualities. He's got the baby face. Now he's going to go play for John Elway who as a Chiefs fan in this town, for those of you that are not quite old enough, John Elway made it a habit of ripping out your heart as a Chiefs fan in the fourth quarter, winning two Super Bowls, getting Neil Smith to go to Denver and win a couple Super Bowls, who was with the Chiefs all those times and those great defensive teams. And then he goes and drafts Drew Locke, your guy, Missouri fans, your guy. Throw this on the Carrington-Harrison-Mizzou curse. He was big on Michael Porter Jr. Guess what happened there? He was big on Jonte Porter coming back. Guess what happened there? Boy, he was really big when they were getting ready to play Norfolk State. Guess what happened there? Then Drew Locke, a Carrington Harrison love, goes to Denver. And he's going to play the Chiefs twice a year and one time in Kansas City. So good for Drew. Like, I'm happy Drew Locke got drafted. I'm happy that he's going to have a future in the NFL. I'm happy for the Locke family. But what I'm not happy about is that now he's going to be the heel. Like, he literally, in one pick, went from being a babyface to a guy that everybody roots for to now, guess what? He's your your division foe. He plays for the Denver Broncos, who I certainly would say, if you were to start a poll, you can text in on the Protein House, E with a Purpose text line, 69306. Who's a bigger foe to the Chiefs, Denver or the Raiders? I 100% agree it's the Broncos. And now he's there. And oh, by the way, he's ready to own it. 
I think it's even cooler to be in the AFC West and you know get to go home to Kansas City, get to play the Chiefs, get to kind of end up being the bad boy. You know, I grew up as a Kansas City kid, went to Columbia to play for the University of Missouri, and you know now I can't do anything else in the state of Missouri. I got to go to Denver and uh, come back and come back and beat the Chiefs one day. Come back and beat the Chiefs one day. So we know the situation in Denver, right? They went and signed Joe Flacco. What's Joe Flacco known for? Having a gigantic arm. He also went to the same college as Brett Veach. By the way, Brett Veach went to Delaware. I don't know if you knew that or not. Didn't know it. But Joe Flacco's known to have a big gun, big arm. Drew Locke also known to have a big arm. The thing about that is he kind of slipped in the draft with some rumors of the accuracy wasn't really there for Drew Locke. I firmly believe that it's only a matter of weeks during the regular season that Drew Locke will surpass Joe Flacco as a starting quarterback. They will play at Arrowhead December 15th. I'm not sure he'll be starting then. I would assume he will be. Flacco had a pretty dismal year last year. He lost his job to Lamar Jackson for obvious reasons. I mean, Lamar Jackson was a stud. He's going to continue to be a stud. Obviously not a lot of, late, a lot of, a lot of tape out there yet. And he's in Denver, a team that I would consider Kansas City's biggest nemesis. Oakland just hasn't been relevant enough for the Chiefs to think that. Now, granted, they do have Antonio Brown now. They did draft a lot of defensive stuff, which we'll do, we will get into the AFC West and what that is now is a picture of what Nick Price would say after the draft, the season's basically begun. Because then you have rookie minicamp, OTAs, training camp, then the season starts. I yeah, mean, everything's hell, pretty much set at this point. August will be here before we know it. So, and of course, here we go right now. Dude, how are you on the radio? You just said Flacco is going to be b beat out by one of the most overrated quarterback in the draft. Do you even watch football, bro? Okay, well, Vegas and football experts had Drew Locke going at over under at 10 and a half. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Overrated quarterback in the draft. Go look at who the New York Giants took out of Duke. But anyways, when the Chiefs and Denver play, there will be mixed emotions. I'm not sure how much John Elway puts into that. I'm not sure how much he knows. But he did kind of build that offense for Drew Locke. And by the way, that's not the only local name that got drafted by the Denver Broncos. They also took the kid out of K-State. So the thing about Drew Locke is, yeah, he went from babyface to heel. He's going to go play in Denver. He's a Kansas City tie. He's a real local tie. Lee Summit. Dad owns a lot of restaurants in Lee Summit. And now he plays in Denver. And now Chiefs fans are going to have to get used to it. And he even actually owns it. So the thing about this is, gear up. It's the AFC West. It's the NFL season. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be something, too, that's just going to add to that rivalry between the Chiefs and the Broncos. If Drew Locke, a local guy, is coming in, and especially if he can get a couple wins against the Chiefs, that's going to just add to the animosity between these two franchises. Clark Hunt spoke to the media today, somewhat addressing the Tyreek Hill situation. I'm interested to hear what it sounds like. I haven't heard it. Nick Price, you have heard it. You've cut yep. the kind of important parts of it. And Tyreek Hill is the main, the main point that he is making a statement towards. There are a couple subplots in there that Nick Price has developed and figured out. We'll get to those on the other side as we are close to the 1 o'clock hour here on Live and Local on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Nick Price. This is Out of Bounds. Clark Hunt addressed the media, and we got it next. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay. 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.